You are listening to a message from Treeline Church, a life-giving church in Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania. If you are in the Pittsburgh region, we would love to have you join us in person for one of our services. Check out treeline.church for times and location. Thanks for listening and enjoy the message. So good morning. As I said, my name is Brian. We're so happy to have you here with us this morning. We are continuing a series called Starting Over based on a book called Starting Over, right? Good name for it. And so we're continuing that. We're in week three. If you've missed any of this, you can catch up online at any time on our website and our podcast. Encourage you to do that. And also before we get rolling too much here, you heard Jasmine mention in the announcements there that we're doing something called Growth Track. The good news is that we have two of those coming up if that's something that you're interested in doing. Um, actually on Saturday, Coming up on Saturday right here at PTC, there's an option for you to do that. And then also next Sunday, following the service, we will also have an opportunity for growth check. So if you're interested in any of that, you can find all that information on the website. Very easy to register just so we know who's coming. We provide lunch for you. It's a really good time to discover a little bit about your gifts, discover a little bit about Treeline, and see how God can use you to make a difference and an impact in the lives of others. So you want to check that out online. Or if you have any questions, you can see me about that as well. So as we move on today and talk about our our series starting over. We're talking about regrets, and it's something that's universal. We all have regrets, and so I'm going to start this morning by asking a really spiritual question. Are you guys ready for this? And you can do show of hands. There's no shame here. Who in here is a dog lover? Any dog lovers in here? Anyone? Okay, we've got a couple dog lovers in here. Okay, how many cat lovers get out? I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. Jasmine's got two hands in the air. But dogs are pretty great, right? Dogs, dogs are awesome. And we're not going to get into the eternal debate. Someday God will answer someday that dogs are better when we're in heaven. But whatever. Um, so dogs are, and they're pretty smart too, right? I mean, dogs are really intelligent. We have a little dog at home named Maisie. And she's like 13 years old, 14 years old. She's, 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 uh, we've had her a long time. She was our first child. You know, before we had any kids, you know, we get the little puppy and it was so cute. Um, and she's, she's uh, getting up there in years now, but she, she was really smart dog, and we would train her to do all kinds of tricks, um, so she could like shake your hand, you ask her for a paw, right, she can roll over. We taught her to play dead, which was really cute, you like make a gun, and you like bang, bang, and she like falls over like she's dead on the ground, it's, it, it's, it's, she's a really smart dog, it's really great, but let's just be honest, sometimes dogs aren't really that smart, right, take a look at this video. So because they won't let go, they can't get anywhere. And we laugh at the dogs because it's funny, but if we're honest with ourselves, we do the same thing with our regrets when we are unable to let them go. 
we can't move forward. So as we take a look at this series over the last couple of weeks, we're in week three, as I said. In this series, we're talking about breaking free from something that we call the sorry cycle. And so the sorry cycle is something where we have a regret. Maybe it's something we did that we messed up. Maybe it's a chance that we didn't take. Whatever the circumstances, we have a regret. We long for more. We long to get out of it, but we get stuck in something that we've called the sorry cycle, and you just can't seem to get past that regret that you have in your life. And last week, we talked about the first step in order to be able to start over, and that was simply to recognize your regrets. That's the first step is to recognize your regrets. We have to look our regrets straight in the eye, and we have to face them head on, which can be challenging. We talked about that last week, and we looked at the story of a guy named King David and how he messed up, and instead of just owning his regret, he just kind of snowballed, and it kept getting worse and worse until he finally decided to own his regret, and he recognized it. And this is what he said in 2 Samuel when he finally took ownership of it. He said, David said to Nathan, he said, I have sinned against the Lord. So he took, he took ownership for those regrets that he had. And we talked about three different types of regrets in this series. The first ones were regrets of action. This is where something that we did, we made a mistake, um, we messed up something, right? We didn't do something the way that we thought that we should or that we could. The next one were regrets of inaction. And these are simply regrets where something that we didn't do. It might be an opportunity that we didn't take, a risk that we weren't willing to do, or maybe some words that we wish we would have said. Those are regrets of inaction, something that we didn't do. And then finally, we talked about regrets of reaction. And these ones can be really painful regrets, even though they're not necessarily something that we have done or something that we didn't do. Many times, this can be just because of an accident. This could be something that someone else has done or done to us. And those are regrets of reaction. But here's the truth that you and I both know. Simply recognizing our regrets isn't enough. It's a great first step to recognize them, but it's not enough. Last week, we introduced you to Greg, and Greg was sharing his starting over story with us and how we can take the next step. So we're going to take a look at his story today. So take a look. Moving to Chicago um, and living with an aunt who was in recovery, even though I wasn't that attracted to the idea of, of AA meetings and recovery meetings, it was the only option that seemed available. So I found myself uh, beginning this path of recovery in Chicago. I stayed sober and um, a lot of great things happened. My family got back together. I graduated college and it was great. You know, all these good things happened. I felt very at peace with who I was and where, where I sat in the world. And so I'm mistakenly thought that those feelings of insecurity and those feelings of being lost and all that confusion that I had growing up was the reason I couldn't drink like other people. And so I thought since I'd solved these issues, uh, obviously I had solved any problem with alcohol or drugs and I can now go out and have a beer with a, and, with a person and it wouldn't have any power over me. So I was probably about four or five years into sobriety um, that I made a conscious decision to do a little experiment and see if I could drink again. There were three rules that I had. Uh, one rule was that I was only going to have three drinks. I decided that I didn't want to go home with a stranger that night, um, so that was rule number two. But rule number three was that I wanted to make it to work the next morning. So three drinks, no going home with strangers, and waking up and going to work the next day. And so what happened was I have no idea how many drinks I had. Um, I don't have any idea what her name was, and, um, and I did not make it to work the next day. So I'm drinking all the time, um, but I'm not really ever hitting a bottom because I have, I mean, frankly, because I, I have all this stuff, I have all this money. 
I don't know how long that would have continued on um, had I not been tricked into trying cocaine one evening. And by tricked, I mean I was drunk and someone laid out a pile of cocaine and I did a big Stevie Nicks rail and instantly I knew this was going to be a problem. And the thing about cocaine and, uh, and later on crack is that it will instantly, no matter how much you have, it will take it away. And I'm kind of feeling at a loss of not knowing what to do. And so I called a friend of mine, uh, Grant, and I saw that he had something that I didn't have. He was open to talk about anything I wanted to talk about. And I wanted to talk about God. He suggested that maybe I should try going to a church. And so I was out in a treatment center in Oregon, and they would, you know, bus, bus us to church on Sunday mornings. And so I decided to go with them one day, and I hadn't been in a church for a very long time. And they began talking to me and making me feel welcome and inviting me to small groups. And I explained that I, I'm not going to live here, that I'm, you know, going back home to Chicago. And um, the couple that I was talking to said, oh, that's great, we have a daughter that lives in Naperville. Um, you should probably talk to her. She happens to be visiting this weekend. Turns out she goes to the very church that I was thinking about going to check out, and she invited me to, um, to come by. And I, to this day, I have no idea who she was or who they were, um, none, I, I don't recall. But that began me coming back to church and, and finding my way back to God. Not only am I not drinking and doing drugs, but I've now found my way back to God. I'm attending church. Um, my career is great. It's never been better. Uh, I'm serving with the high school students, and, uh, and I end up meeting a girl there who's today my wife. Uh, so frankly, I'm, I'm on top of the world. I mean, things couldn't get much better than, than they were going. And so I forget to pay attention to the fact that even though everything's good, there's still certain things I shouldn't do in life. And suddenly I find myself thinking, uh, as we're out to dinner one night, um, that maybe it's a good idea if I order a glass of wine with dinner. Honestly, that was the beginning of a very, very long and ugly, painful cycle in my life. That glass of wine quickly became cocaine and that quickly became uh, heroin. I found myself at a place that I just never thought I would ever get to, and that's alone and homeless and hurting everyone that ever comes into contact with me because they try to help and I just, I just break their heart again and again. So we're going to continue to hear more of Greg's story in the weeks to come. But something that we've come to recognize is that just simply recognizing our regrets is not enough. If we truly want to break free from our regrets and start over, we've got to move on to the second step. And so what is the second step we're going to talk about today? It is simply releasing your regrets. So the first step is recognizing. We have to admit that the regret is there. And the second step is to release or let go of that regret. So how are we going to do that? What are some practical ways? that we can figure out how to, because that sounds great, right? I would like to maybe like that dog put the stick down so I can get through the door, but what are some practical ways that we can do that? And I was thinking about like in my home when something breaks, right? I'm, I'm the guy that tries to fix it, right? Some of you are really handy. Some of you are not handy at all. Some of you are like me. I'm like, I, I want to be more handy than I am. And it doesn't even have anything to do with the guy. Like I've seen some women who are really great at fixing things too. But how do we figure out how to fix something that's broke? Well, enter Google, right? 
How did we know how to fix anything before there was Google? Like, I, I don't even know how we lived life. I mean, I was, I'm old enough to remember what it was like before having Google, but now that we have Google, we can search and learn how to fix anything, right? The trouble light comes on the car or something's making a sound. What are we doing? I'm on there like Googling, like, how do you like type out this sound, right? Can I just, maybe eventually just be able to hit the Google button and like hold it up to your car while it's making the clunking noise and it'll be able to figure it out for you. But it's something that you do, right? We go online, we try to figure out, we diagnose, we troubleshoot, and it's something we can do. And they actually have a term for it. If you do it for your car, you're a Google mechanic. And I have a good friend who's an actual mechanic and Google mechanics make him crazy. Why? Because they're probably diagnosing and doing the wrong thing and changing the wrong parts, but they're really trying. And, and really in this day and age, probably the worst part about all of that is when you're sick, right? Because what do you do? You go online, you start Googling your symptoms, right? You're like on WebMD. You're like convincing yourself, I've got 24 hours to live, right? I started searching a rash and now I'm going to die, right? And you go into the doctor's office, you finally can't take it. Doc, I diagnosed myself. We just have to go ahead and schedule the amputation for my leg. He's like, what are you talking about? Well, you see this rash here? I mean, you're pretty much going to have to take it. And he's like, whoa, 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 right? Just, just back it up. We got to do some questions first. We got to ask a few things. And so that's what we're going to do today. We're going to ask a few questions and figure out, we're going to do some troubleshooting on how we can figure out what we can do to let go and release some of these regrets. So we're going to take a look at this grid. And we're going to ask ourselves several questions. And the first question that we're going to ask to troubleshoot is this. Do you regret hurting someone else? So the first question there is, do you regret hurting someone else? See, typically we're really good of being aware of the pain that other people have caused us. But when we're, it comes to us, maybe we're not always so aware of what we've done to others. For instance, if you were married and I were to ask you, could you just rattle off a few things, maybe a short list of things that your spouse does that annoys you, right? You'd probably really quickly be able to give me a list of things that make you crazy that your spouse does. But see, on the flip side of that, we're not always aware of the things that we do to hurt the people that we love and that we are closest to. So what we have to do here is what we got to understand, we've got to ask ourselves this question, who do we need to ask for forgiveness, who have we caused pain to? So you see there in that grid in the first question, do we regret hurting someone else? What do we do there that we've got to ask forgiveness from the person? In Romans, Paul is writing to new Christ followers who are just following Jesus for the very first time, and they're trying to learn how to love one another. He says this in Romans 12, 18. If it is possible, as far as it depends on you, live at peace with everyone. And I love how he words this, as far as it depends on you. Why is that such a big deal? Because we can't control the reactions of other people. The longer I live life, the more I begin to understand we cannot control other people's actions. We can't control other people's reactions. I can't control what they're going to do, but what I can do is my part. I can control my actions. I can take ownership for my reactions, right? And so as far as it depends on me, I've got to live with peace with everyone. So what does that mean? So I can't control what the other people might want to do. I can't control if they get mad or they choose not to forgive me. All I can do is do the best on my part. So if you regret hurting someone else, ask forgiveness from the person and then release it. The second question is this. Do you regret committing a sin? 
And sin isn't a very popular word, right? And in our culture, it's kind of like, well, what's the sin? Like, that's like kind of heavy, old-fashioned word. Did I commit a sin? And for some of you, are like, well, what, what does that exactly mean? And see, 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 sin is not just breaking one of God's rules or one of God's laws. There's actually a relational component to it. And I love this quote, and take a look at this, this quote from this theologian. He says this, sin is the culpable disturbance of shalom. And some of you are like, well, that sounds great. What on earth is culpable in shalom? And that's a really tough thing to understand. So basically, what is this? Shalom is the peace that God created, the harmony in the world that he intended for us to experience. And since this sin disrupts that, sin disrupts the peace that God created us for us to have in our life. And see, if we really regret getting caught, we haven't recognized our regrets. See, it's just like, you know what, a kid, if you've had a child and you ask them, they do something and you tell them, like, especially if it's a sibling situation, right? They hit their sister or their brother and you're like, you need to go apologize. They just did something flat out rotten. And you're like, you need to apologize to your brother. And what do they do? It's just the most heartfelt me. No, it's like, sorry, right? They are not sorry in the slightest, right? And it's really easy to recognize that in a child, but many times we do the same thing. We aren't really sorry for the things that we've done. But we've got to understand that even beyond just breaking God's law or command, what he wants us to do, the relational component is this. Sin puts distance between God and me. Sin puts distance between God and me. See, when I have sin in my life, when I'm doing something against God, it's not even just breaking a rule. It puts distance between he and I in our relationship. And often we prefer to remain in denial, at least maybe that's just me. We prefer to remain in denial about our sin. Our pride stands in the way, but you got to get this. We can't release our regret until we own it. We've got to take ownership for it. Back to our story about David we talked about last week. Remember we said that verse that he said when he kind of got caught red-handed, the prophet called him out for what he had done. He said, I have sinned against the Lord. And you might think, well, David sinned against the Lord. Didn't he really sin against Uriah? the guy that he had killed, and then he took his wife, remember? Then he sinned against him, but David gets something here, that there's a relational component to it, that there's something even bigger in the reality, that he sinned against God. He disturbed that shalom. He put distance between him and God. So how do we release this regret? How do we do it? We've got to ask God for forgiveness. We've got to ask God for forgiveness. Psalm 51 is actually something that David wrote, King David, and they believe, scholars believe that he wrote this after he realized that he messed up, after he took ownership for his regrets and what he had done. He says this in Psalm 51, have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love, according to your great compassion, blot out my transgressions, wash away all my iniquity, all my mistakes, and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions, my sin is always before me. Against you have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. David is taking absolute ownership right here, right? This language just shows that he is sorry for what he did. This isn't one of those like, fine, I'm sorry, right? This is a heartfelt, genuine apology. And when he owns it, he continues here. Take a look a little further down in Psalm 51. He says this, create in me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. See, friends, if you don't know how to ask forgiveness from God, I would encourage you just start with Psalm 51. Just get Psalm 51 out, begin to read, and just begin to pray through that and just ask God, just like David here, to ask for forgiveness.
The Apostle Paul in 1 John 1, 9 reminds us of this. If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. See, when we confess our sins, God will forgive us. See, sometimes we feel like we can't go to God, right? Or we have this picture of God being a really angry father, right? We, we see him as someone who's out to get us or we can't be honest. But see, many times it becomes a, I messed up, I can't go to God or go to the father where God wants it to be the opposite. I messed up, I need to go to my father. And see, we can know that when we ask God for forgiveness, he is going to forgive it. He's not going to hold it against us. He's not going to be like one day, just spring it back up and throw it in your face. Oh yeah, I remember that one time. No, that's not how God operates. Matter of fact, in the scripture, it says that God doesn't even see us that way anymore. As far as the east is from the west, it is gone. He's made us a new creation. He doesn't hold it against us. It doesn't define us. It's not who we are. We are defined by who Christ is and he says that we are forgiven. So if that's you, if that's the question that you answer, what do you got to do? You've got to ask God for forgiveness. The third troubleshooting question is this. Do you regret making a mistake? Do you regret making a mistake? And now, um, yeah, I definitely live in this one all the time. And over the last several weeks, this has been a really fun series because Brian gets to share all of the stupid things that he's done, right? And uh, I, I actually shared um, the first week how um, one time I accidentally made the mistake of going up a down escalator. Uh, very painful experience, very traumatic for me. I was a total idiot. And then once I realized what I was doing, I was too prideful to write it down. I was committed. I just kept running up this down escalator. It was a terrible, terrible experience. My wife was thoroughly embarrassed. I was humiliated. I, I really regret that mistake. And then last week we talked about typos and how important spell check really is. And talked about when I was in high school, I, I had this really bad typo that went out in a program that was printed out and duplicated thousands of times and no one caught it. And it was just so embarrassing. And matter of fact, I've, I've actually got plenty of typo stories. One time the student ministry, the youth group that I led, we always did t-shirts for the different events that we did. And uh, one of the events that we were doing, we would do um, a fall retreat. We'd make a shirt every year for everyone who would go. And apparently, after the shirt had been proofed by several people, and after the printer himself made all of the shirts, after we were at the retreat and everyone had been wearing the shirts for a couple of days, someone finally recognized that there was a typo on the shirt. Talk about a wonderful day, finding out that everyone, the shirt that everyone's wearing, because of me, they all are wearing a typo on him. It's a very humbling thing. But I've got so many stories, and we could just like, you know, have Brian's open mic night where Brian just comes up and shares all of his regrets because we've all made mistakes, right? We know what that's like. We know what it is to mess up and to mistake and, and to regret something that we've done. It's like, oh man, right? And you're trying and you want to do the right thing, but when we make the mistake, we may feel the need to punish ourselves and beat ourselves up over and over again. And sometimes you've just got to do this. If this is you, you've got to forgive yourself. You've got to forgive yourself. Stop playing the story over and over again and being stuck in that sorry cycle or just reliving that mistake over and over again. You just, the if onlys, right? If only I would have. If only it would have been, right? And we just get stuck in that. And sometimes we've just got to look in the mirror and we've got to forgive ourselves. Yes, we recognize that we take ownership. It happened, but then we've got to begin to release it. 
And see, here's the thing. Many of you, you have grace for other people, right? Someone else makes a mistake, and it's really easy to be like, well, they didn't mean to. It was a genuine mistake. It was an accident, right? And we can just forgive that and let that go by, right? But when it comes to ourselves, I don't know what it is that sometimes it's so difficult to release that mistake that we made and give ourselves the same grace that we extend to others, but we've got to sometimes just take a look at the mirror and just say, you know what? I messed up. I made a mistake. That was really stupid. I wish I could do it over again, but I can't. So in order to move forward, you've got to release it. You just got to forgive yourself. You just got to say, you know what? I messed up. I take ownership of it. I'm, I'm sorry that it happened. It was a mistake. It was an accident. And now I'm just going to move on. So the final troubleshooting question for us is a bit different than the first three. The regret that you hold on may be because you've been hurt by someone in some other way. So question four is this. Do you regret being hurt by someone or something? And as we've been talking about this series of living with regrets and talking about the regrets of reaction that many times come from something that wasn't in our control, something that we had nothing to do with, and it may be even a regret that someone did to us. And those can be really difficult. And so we started by asking the question, did we hurt someone else? But sometimes we have to ask ourselves this question, did someone or something happen? Maybe it was a complete accident. Maybe it was something that no one intended to happen. Or maybe someone did something directly against us that was a terrible, horrible thing for them to do. And so do we regret being hurt by someone or something? Maybe it looks something like this. Maybe you were just in the wrong place at the wrong time when someone wrecked into your car and it caused you to have pain that you have to deal with now. Maybe someone who was an adult when you were a kid and they totally misplaced your trust and they should have been protecting you. They should have been looking out for you, but instead they totally misplaced that trust and they ended up wounding you or hurting you or doing something that just never was God's plan for you. Maybe your dad or your mom or a family member, someone you love walked out on you when they should have been there for you. Maybe you got sick and your body betrayed you and you're like, I never planned for this sickness. I never wanted this, but now this is something that I have to deal with and I have to live with this regret. See, this type of regret, friends, it can lead to shame. It can lead to bitterness and it can lead to even feeling sorry for ourselves. I don't know how many of you have seen this movie called Unbroken. And this is, this is a really um, amazing movie, but it's a very difficult movie to watch. And so this movie, um, if you've seen it before, it's about Louis Zimperini. He's a former Olympic track athlete, and he spent two horrific years in a Japanese prisoner war of camp during World War II. It's a brutal movie to watch. It is not for the faint of heart. The punishment, the torture that he lives, the abuse that he goes through is almost unbearable to watch. But throughout the movie, as he's called Unbroken, he continues to stay strong through it. And that's amazing in its own if you watch the movie, just his will to get through it. But here's what a lot of people don't know. In 1949, following he came to Christ. He gave his life to Jesus after all of this happened. And he actually traveled back in 1950. He goes back to Japan to forgive his Japanese captors 
murderers, these war criminals, to actually forgive them. And he sought them out and said, you know, I forgive you. And matter of fact, the person who caused them the most abuse, the guy who led all of the guards at that time, he sought him out to forgive him, and the guy wouldn't even take the meeting. And I don't know why that was. I don't know if it was just too much, if he couldn't accept the grace, if it was a pride issue, but he wouldn't accept the meeting. But here's what you got to get. It didn't matter that he, that he was chosen. And it was a gift, right? It was a gift that he was giving to those guys because they didn't deserve his forgiveness. But see, here's the thing that you've got to get. Rather holding on to his desire for retribution, Zamperini decided to release his former tormentors from what their actions actually deserved. Did you get that? Because they didn't deserve his forgiveness. And see, to release the regret of being hurt by someone or some circumstance, we have got to forgive the offender. We have got to forgive the offender. And friends, I'm not going to stand up here and try to tell you that that is an easy thing to do. It is an extraordinary difficult thing to have to forgive somebody who has wronged us. See, our humanness is going to want to be vengeful. We're going to want to say that they owe us something. We have a real sense that the person who hurt us, they, they, they owe me, right? I, I don't, they don't deserve my forgiveness. But holding on to our heart only keeps us from moving forward. As much as we think that it's going to hurt that person by choosing to not release our forgiveness and let them go and release them from the wrong that they have caused us, it causes us to not be able to move forward. Take a look at what it says in Ephesians 4.32. Be kind and compassionate to one another, forgiving each other just as in Christ God forgave you. Did you catch that? Forgiving each other just as in Christ, God forgave you. How do we forgive someone who has hurt us? See, we draw strength from the God who has forgiven us. And see, we may say that the person doesn't deserve our forgiveness. And you know what? You're right. They don't deserve your forgiveness. But you know what? None of us deserve the forgiveness that God gave to us. And see, we can find strength in knowing that because God loved us, because he cared so much about us that he was willing to forgive us. We didn't deserve it. There's nothing we could do to earn it from him. But just because of the love, the mercy, the grace that he had for me, that he had for you, that he chose to forgive us. And because God forgave us, we can forgive others. So how do we do that? We begin to depend on God to heal our hearts and our hurts. Maybe that step even just comes by coming to God for the first time and just beginning to pray through it or just even pray for the strength to maybe eventually to ask that person for forgiveness. I love this quote. It says, to forgive is to set a prisoner free and discover that the prisoner was you. See, as much as forgiveness releases that person of what they have done for you, what you've got to understand is forgiving someone else, it sets a prisoner free, all right, but it's not that person, it's you. You're able to release that regret. You're able to move on from that. You're no longer to give them that power over you that you just say, you know what, it was wrong, it was hurtful, I don't agree with it, but now I have to choose to forgive them. So what are some practical steps on that? Maybe you're here like, Brian, I, I hear you, but how do I even begin? 
Where do I even start? Maybe it was something that happened so many years ago. Maybe it's something where it's a, a more fresh hurt. The first practical step in that would be reaching out to the person who's hurt you. If you can, if it's safe. Maybe the person's gone and they're not here anymore and you can't do that. Maybe it's just a total toxic person and it would never be a situation that would just put you in more harm. But if you can, approach that person. Make the call. Send the text. Ask for the forgiveness. Say you forgive them for what they have done. Release them from it. Maybe you just need to verbalize it. Maybe your first step is just saying it out loud. Maybe for the first time ever, just getting in a place, getting in your room, getting in your car, and that commute to work, just shut the door. Maybe for the first time, let it come across your lips. I forgive, and then put the name in. For the very first time, just say that you forgive them. Sometimes you just got to say it out loud. Maybe you need to write a letter and express how you feel and forgive them. And maybe it's not even a letter that you would ever send. And this is something that I've had to do in my past. There's people that I've had to forgive where it wasn't a safe person that I could go to. And there's some people who I've even lost in my life who I, I needed to forgive them and they weren't here anymore. And so I just needed to write it out and ask for that forgiveness. Ask them and just tell them that I forgive them, that I release them, that I don't hold it over their head anymore, that, that I'm not saying that they owe me anything, that I forgive them, that it, that it was wrong, that it hurt me, but I forgive them. Friends, forgiveness is a process. It's not something that we walk out this door today and we're just like, man, I forgive you, I'm done. It's something that we've got to walk through, but we've got to start the process and release it. One final caution about these types of regrets is that sometimes in our pain, we begin to question God's goodness. But friends, this is not a time to run from God. This is a time to run towards God for comfort and for guidance. See, too often we're like that dog in those videos at the beginning, right? We're just holding on to those regrets. And it seems silly watching a dog do it, but it's the same exact thing that we do. We don't understand why we can't move forward. Why can't we get anywhere? It's because we're not willing to release. So let me ask you this. What is the giant stick in your life? It's time to release it. It's time to let it go. And maybe you're here today and you feel like, I can't do this by myself. And if that's the case, you are in a great place. Because here at Treeline, none of us are perfect. None of us have, we're not superheroes. We don't have a cape. We don't have it figured out. We don't have all the answers. We're just broken people. We all look like people running around with giant sticks trying to move forward and collapsing and falling and hitting the door frame and bouncing back. See, we're just like you. And if you are looking for a place for people who can walk through this with you, we can't do this alone. That's why we have small groups as a way of an opportunity for you to connect with people, but even beyond that, that we can do this with God's help. That you are never alone. No matter what the regret, no matter what the pain, maybe it was something that we talked about in this one, or maybe it's a mistake that you've made. Maybe something along the lines that you hurt someone else and it's a regret that you've been holding on. It's caused you not to be moved forward because of the pain you inflicted on someone else. Friends, it's time to let go. It's time to let go of it. What would it look like for you to release those hurts and regrets and to embrace a new life? Does it look like asking forgiveness from someone? Does it look like coming to God and asking God for forgiveness for something that you have messed up and sinned against him? Is it time to look in the mirror and forgive ourselves for something that we have done, a mistake that we've been living with and living on repeat over and over again? Or maybe do we need to forgive someone who offended us in some way? Would you bow your heads with us as we pray?
And before we pray, I just want to let you know that I, I know this can be something that's sensitive, and sometimes it can really cause different feelings or emotions, maybe things that we haven't thought of or dealt with in a year, maybe something that we're going through currently. And there, there is no shame in asking for help. If this is something that is beyond your capacity or capability to do in your own strength, I want to let you know that it's okay to ask for help. And if you even need to see a Christian counselor to begin to walk through these things, because I am a huge fan of that, that is something that I have done several times in my life and I continue to do. If that's something that you need and you don't know, you know where to start, Shoot me a text, send me an email, come talk to me, and I'll get you connected with some people who can begin to walk you through that. Because there is no shame in asking for help and beginning to release the regrets that we have in our lives. Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you today. Lord, I just pray that whatever the big stick is in our life, whatever it is that we are carrying, whatever it is that we are holding on to, God, that you would give us the strength, you would give us the humility, you would give us the courage, whatever it is that we need, God, that you would give it to us so that we could release the regrets that we are holding on to. God, I just pray even this week that we would begin to take steps, even if it's just a small step towards releasing it. God, we understand that it's a process, that it's something that's not easy, that it's difficult, that it's it could be challenging. God, it might not be something that we want to do. God, sometimes facing those regrets sends us wanting to scream running in the other direction. But God, I pray that even as we talked about last week, recognizing those regrets, God, that we would take the step this week of beginning to release them, to let them go. To not let them have power over us anymore. To begin to move forward in the life and the plan that you have for us today while your heads are bowed and your eyes are closed, I just want to give you the opportunity that if you've never said yes to a relationship with Jesus, if you've never surrendered your life to him, the greatest step that you can make is to say yes to following after him. There's nothing you can do to earn it. You can't earn his forgiveness. You can't earn his love. You can't earn his grace. That's the good news. The good news is that it's simply a free gift that he gives to us because he loves you. So we're going to give you the opportunity to say yes to relationship, surrender your life and saying, you know what, I'm not doing this on my own anymore. I'm going to follow after God. And maybe you're here today and you at one point said that prayer. Maybe at one point you, you were following after God. At one point you said yes to relationship with Jesus, but something happened. Maybe it was a regret that you were dealing with. Maybe something caused you to really question a, a faithful or a good God. How could a good God ever allow this and just fill in the blank? Or maybe time just began to pass and it wasn't a specific thing. You just began to drift away from God. It wasn't something that was intentional. It just kind of happened. Whatever the situation is today, if that's you in either one of those categories, if you want to say yes to relationship for the very first time, or maybe you want to recommit your life while everyone's not looking around, every head bowed, every eye closed, would you just be brave enough? We're not going to single you out. We're not going to call you. Just slip that hand up and say, include me in that prayer. Awesome. I see that hand. Anyone else? Okay, see those hands? You can put them down. We're going to pray out loud so that no one has to pray alone. Repeat after me. Dear Jesus, I believe in you. Forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart. Make me new. Fill me with your spirit. Help me to follow you all of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Hey, can we clap? Can we cheer for those who made a decision today to follow after Jesus? So awesome. Thanks for listening. If you would like to connect with us or learn more about our church, please visit us online at treeline.church or on social media. 
Our mission is to see family trees change by a lifelong relationship with Jesus. We hope you can listen or join us next week.